As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, see, (laughs) I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Brad kicked us off last week in our new series going through 1 Peter. And he did a great job. And uh, let's, let's see if we can recap what Brad talked about last week. He said, number one... That we have a living what? Hope, right? When things in this world are going wrong, when things in our lives are going wrong, we have a hope to cling to, right? When things are rough, when things are bad, we at least know that we have Jesus, right? When things are going rough, we have a living hope, a hope that will never go away, a hope that will never die out. And we have Jesus to hold on to when things are rough and unlike the world, that's what we have. When the world struggles, when the non-believers struggle, they don't have the same hope that we have. And and it's great that Jesus offers us hope. And he says, whenever things are bad, here is a living hope for you to hold on to. And he talked about this last week. He said that we are called to be set, what, apart, right, or holy. So Peter's talking to his audience, and he says, hey, you are called to cling to this living hope. You have living hope. When things are haywire, you have a hope to hold on to. And then he says, now that you have this hope, go and live set apart. Go and live holy so that people can see that you follow me. When the world sees us in the midst of pain and in the midst of struggle and in the midst of this world clinging to something that is a living hope, they start to wonder. And they see that because we're set apart from the world. We live different from the world. That's a standard that that Jesus calls us to. He says, hey, you have a living hope, and you are called to be set apart. I love where we are in 1 Peter chapter 2 today because it says that we have a cornerstone. We have a living stone that will never die, that will never go away, that we are to build our lives on. I'm not in construction, and I don't know a lot about it, but I do know this, that a cornerstone is the foundation, a part of the foundation of the building. And without that foundation, it can crumble or it can fall apart. And Peter says, listen, you have a living stone, a living cornerstone that you can build your life on. So many times in our lives, we try to build our found, or build our lives on our own foundation, on the things that we can do on our own, the things that we build up, our career, our money, our possessions, all those things. And we try to build our value off of the things that we have and the things that we, are, we have on our own. And ultimately, it makes us crumble. 
But he says, listen, don't be like the world. Because he says, the world rejects the cornerstone. The builders rejected the cornerstone. And they stumbled because of it. He says, you have to build your foundation on Jesus because that's when things go well. That's when your life is fulfilled. A couple weeks ago, we had Freedom Fest, right? Freedom Fest is a event that we do for our community. And we probably had four to 500 people here on July 1st for Freedom Fest. And as you know, if you've been to the event or you've been around for a while, you know that this event really depends on weather, right? It really depends on weather. We have fireworks, we have food trucks, we have all these different things out in the parking lot, some things inside, but most of the stuff happens outside. And we really depend on weather for Freedom Fest. And if it's not good, we can't have it. And so 6 o'clock rolls around, and if you were up here on the ridge, you know what happened at 6 o'clock. There was a monsoon. And we're like, oh, my goodness, you know, Freedom Fest starts at 630. We're 30 minutes away, and here is the monsoon that came. And if you were here and you were a part of this experience, it was definitely interesting because tables were flying through the parking lot. The A-frame signs that we have that tell people where to go, they were sliding through the parking lot. Everything on the tables were flying. And as you all know, maybe you've had an experience like this. We had some tents up. Yeah. And many of you all have maybe put up a, a tent like this before. Take a look at this picture. That's me trying to hold on for dear life to not let this tent fly across the parking lot. And you see a pair of legs there. That's David Tester. <laughs> and I think David and I were holding on to that thing for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so many times in our lives we can get in this position, right? Where we're trying to hold things up on our own, but everything's fighting against us and we can't do it all on our own. Own, and we can't do it by ourselves, and as you can see, the, the tent is broken. I'm pretty sure we threw that away after. This can be us, right? When we choose to not build our foundation on Jesus, it, that can be us. We try to do things on our own. We try to build things on our own foundation, and our life ends up crumbling. Many of you all might know, if you've been to Bristol within the past two years, which I'm assuming many of you have, um, I think it was 2020, I was coming home from Knoxville, it was late one night, probably 11, 11.30, I'm coming down State Street, and I see a lot of police lights, and that's never a good sign, I didn't really know what that was, and so I looked over, heading towards the sign, before you get to the big guitar there, uh, look over to the right, ton of police lights, and the Holiday Inn that they were building there, many of you all may have seen it, collapsed in. Anybody seen that? Anybody been by the sea? It collapsed because the foundation was wrong. Think about all the time and the money and the work and the effort that was put in to building this Holiday Inn. I mean, Bristol has a lot coming to it. You know, the race, people come in there. They always need more places for people to stay. And, and that was going to be a good thing for downtown Bristol. And two years to this day, it still sits the way that it was. They cleaned it up a little bit, but they haven't made any progress. That's an expensive mistake, right? That's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of money to put into something that didn't come to fruition. The foundation was messed up. And if the foundation can mess up in a building like that and cause things to crumble, then I believe that if we have the foundation wrong in our lives, then it can do the same for us. And Peter wants his audience to know that we must build our foundation 
on Christ. Every single one of us, we must build our lives on the foundation of Christ because he says, hey, I give you my word. I give you my scriptures. I give you an example of my life. Look at my life and mold yours into mine so that people can know who I am. He says the only way that you can build your life on the foundation of me is by knowing my life and knowing my teaching, right? We can't build our foundation on something that we don't know or that we don't read, right? And so many times we try to do it on our own, but Peter tells us that we are to build our lives on the foundation of Christ. Every single one of us. And I love this passage. Let's walk through it again. First Peter chapter 2, it says this. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house where God will dwell. And so that people can know who he is. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture, it says, and anytime you see these quotes here, these are quotes that we're seeing in this passage from the Old Testament. It says this, that see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. It's essentially the, the people who rejected Jesus. That stone, that cornerstone, it is now the cornerstone. And then it says, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Now, I think we need to clarify something here. Jesus isn't making people stumble or fall, but because they've rejected him, that's why they fall. Right? Because they've rejected him, that's why they fall. And it goes on to say that they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, you who follow Jesus, you who know about his goodness, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Every single one of us in this room today can relate to one of the phrases that is in that last verse. It says this, once you were not a people. When we say this, when, when Peter is talking about this, he's saying, once you were not a people of God. Now, we need to clarify this. Not because that God didn't choose us, because we rejected him. Right? God chose us from the beginning. He created us in our mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. He created us. He loves us. But when he says, once you were not a people, it's because we turned our back on him and went our own way. And he's talking to some Christians here that say, hey, once you were not a people, and you remember where you were before, but because of God and because of who he is, he brought you out of that darkness and that past into light, into new life with him, and now you are a chosen people of God. What I love about God is that he will meet us in our mess, and he'll say, hey, I see where you are, I know where you are, and he'll meet us in the messy parts of our lives, and he says, listen, I love you too much to leave you right there. I want to bring you into light, and I want you to live a new life. And at the end of the day, he wants us 
to build our, our foundation and our life on who he is. He doesn't want to leave us in the mess. He doesn't want us to stumble. He doesn't want us to turn from him. He says, listen, look who you are whenever you put your foundation and your life on who Jesus is. When you build your life on that foundation, there's so many incredible things that you become. You become a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a, uh, one of God's special possessions. You become a part of the family. You become one of his chosen people. And here's the thing. So many times in our lives when we don't have our foundation or our lives in the right place and have our feet in the right place, whenever the winds come and the waves come, it's going to knock us over. But Peter says, if you will build your lives on the foundation of the firm uh, or, or something firm like Jesus, then your life is going to be different. I've told this story a couple times, uh, maybe once or twice on stage here. But back in 2019, I was, uh, I was interning at a church in Delaware, and we decided to go deep sea fishing. Anybody deep sea fishing before? Anybody got sick deep sea fishing before? We, we left around 3 or 4 a.m., went 100 miles off the coast. First two and a half hours, I was good. It was a great trip. I was like, I'm good. I, I took the medicine to, to where I wouldn't get sick, and I was like, all right, we're going to be great. Two and a half hours in, I get sick for the first time. And over the span of the next four or five hours, I got sick 11 times. Not fun. The worst day of my life, probably. And I remember, to this day, what it felt like to, number one, not be able to stand on something firm because of the nine-foot swells. And I remember longing to stand on solid ground. If you've ever been on a boat, you know that you can't really get your footing very well, especially when there's waves, when there's other things. And it was awful. Nobody even caught a fish that day. That was fun. It may, it may have been worth it if somebody would have caught a fish. And I'm not just saying I didn't catch a fish. Nobody caught a fish. I remember going up to the captain of the boat like three or four hours before we were even supposed to go back. And I said, hey, man, I'm dying here. I'm going to turn around. And they didn't listen. And <laughs> I remember finally... Um, they had a cabin inside of the boat that they had a couch on, and me and a couple of the other interns that I was with ended up falling asleep because we had all gotten sick, and I remember waking up, I slept about three or four hours, waking up and uh, seeing land, and I was so excited. I was ready. I was longing for to be on that land, and I will remember the moment forever where I got out of the boat, got off the dock, and standed on ground. It was amazing. I think it changed my life. If you've ever been in a situation like that, you understand. Because I was hopeless out there. I thought I was going to die out there. Like, it was, there was nothing that I could do to help me. At the end of the day, when we don't have something firm to stand on, our lives can fall apart. Right? When the waves come, when the wind comes, if we don't have a solid foundation, then we are ultimately going to fall apart. Our lives are going to crumble. 
And that's what Peter's trying to warn us about. He says, listen, I need you all to build your lives on the foundation of Scripture and the foundation of Jesus because that's how we are supposed to live. When you know the life of Jesus and you mold your life into his, then that's when change starts to happen. And that's when people start to see Jesus. Anybody know Terry Crews? Actor, played in the NFL, been in some movies, been in some television shows. He was, in a, he was on a podcast that I was listening to this week. It's the Kerry Newhoff podcast if you want to give it a listen. Um, but it came out Monday, I think. And essentially... He goes about an hour in, in depth into his life, being very vulnerable, being very open about the experiences that he had growing up in his life. And he grew up going to church and things, but his parents were abusive, and there was just a lot that he had gone through in his life, and, and it, was, it was a hard life for him. He grew up, in, grew up in Flint, Michigan, and he talks about how rough it was to live there, and he talks about when he was nine years old, he was at his uncle's house, and he, he, wasn't, he didn't grow up around very good people, and when he was nine years old, his uncle showed him a magazine of things that he shouldn't see, or any nine-year-old should see, and I think you know what I'm saying, and from that moment on, throughout his life, it became something that he longed for, and something that he wanted to, to be a part of, and so it, it started to mess some things up. Went through high school, ended up getting a, a scholarship to go play football in college, and ended up playing in the NFL. And then after playing in the NFL, he became an actor and became very successful in all these things. And in the midst of that, he met his wife, and they got married, and they said, you know what, uh, now that I'm married, I'm not going to struggle with those things anymore. But when the first argument came, he went right back to it. And then a couple years down the road, he had an affair on his wife. And then he kept it a secret for about 10 years because he didn't tell her. And then finally, he said, he told her, and he realized this, that he had built his foundation, the way that he lived, the person that he was on his own accolades and on his own money and on his own fame and power, and he had done that. Remember, he grew up going to church. He knew the basics. He said he was a Christian, but he didn't follow it. He didn't actually build his life on the foundation of Jesus, and ultimately things came, came falling down in his life. Now, there's some good news here. They, they ended up going to years and years of therapy, and they restored their marriage and worked together, um, and now they're still married, and he's, he's successful, and he realizes that he's a follower of Jesus and what that looks like. But I remember him telling this part of the story that whenever he, whenever he told his wife, you know, they were going to divorce. And he said this, well, I'm in Hollywood now. <laughs> you get one or two divorces and move on. And he caught himself saying that. And he said, that's not who I am. That's not the life that I'm called to live. And so he did everything in his power to change that mindset, pursue his wife, pursue the church, pursue who he was supposed to be in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, when he went from his own foundation to the foundation of Jesus, it ultimately changed his life. And he can do that for all of us. That's what God calls us to. He says, build your life on my foundation. And I love this passage and I love this verse because God says that we are his chosen people. It says, once you were not a people, but now, because of his goodness, you are a part of his family. 
Because of his goodness, you are a part of his family. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. You are chosen to be a part of the family. And here's the thing. You have a choice too. All of us in the room can choose to be in the category of, I'm going to turn away and turn my back on him. That's where the phrase comes in, once you were not a people. Not because he doesn't love us, not because he doesn't choose us, but because we, in our decision, decided, hey, I'm going to turn my back and go another way. We can make that choice, or we can choose to come to God with everything that we have and say, you know what, I want to be a people of God. I want to be a part of your family, so I'm going to choose to build my life on the foundation of Scripture and on the foundation of Christ, because anything else can fade, and anything else can, is temporary and can go away, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he always will be, and it'll never go away, and so we have to trust in the foundation of Christ. That's what we build our lives on, every single one of us, and what I love is that when we choose to become a part of God's family and turn to him, here's what he says about you. He says that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we praise him because of how he brought us out of darkness in our past into light and into new life. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are a chosen possession of mine. You are my child. That's what he says. And Peter wants his audience and wants us to know that if we choose to build our foundation on our own things, we're going to crumble. But if we choose to build our foundation on the living stone, then we will also become like living stones. We will also become like him and show people what it looks like to build our lives on the foundation of Christ. I pray that we can all say, I will build my life on Jesus. We sang about it earlier. And I think it's a powerful message and a powerful song. Once you were not a people, but now, because of God's goodness, you are a part of his family.